especially when someone has a child that needs even more help than the other children, such as a special needs child, that creates a very unique and special kesher with the kid. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Avrocha, I would like to share with you in Parsha's Noyach, our Parsha, a very interesting vault. We know that in the Parsha, HaKadosh Buch Hu tells Noach, aside from building the Ark, he asks of him, please make sure you take food of all the different types of food you need and bring it with you for everyone to eat, for, for all the animals that are there and your family, etc. As it says in Pasuk Afalif, Perik Vav, V'ata kach lecha mikol ma'achal asher yachel. So Lechor, if you look carefully at the Pasuk, there's a word that's redundant over here, which is Lecha. Obviously it's for him. What do you mean, Kach Lecha? Just take and bring it. What do you mean? What does it mean, Lecha? So the Kli Akar picks up on this question and he straight away says two different ideas. One is HaKadosh Buhu is telling him, listen, you're not allowed to steal. Make sure you don't steal because maybe you would think it's okay to steal in such a case because you're not really stealing because it's only a matter of time that the whole world's going to be wiped away. And therefore Hashem's telling him, make sure you don't steal. Kach lecha. Lecha means from your own stuff and not from anyone else's. As we see this idea that lecha represents this in the famous mitzvah of Arba Saminim in Sukkah. It says, ulekachtem lachem. What's lachem? That you can't take it from, you can, if you steal it, it won't be nechshav a mitzvah. You have to take from your own stuff. Same too here. And then the Kliyakar goes on to say, and also Hashem wanted to ensure that there'll be a big miracle over here. That even though if he's only taking from his own food and not anyone else's, then how can that be enough for everyone? Elamai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it to be a huge miracle that even a little bit of food will be enough for everyone. Reb Chaim Shmulevitz asked several kashas on this Mahalach of the Kliyakar, especially the first idea that Hashem is telling Noyach, don't think for a second you can take from others because they're going to be wiped out anyways. So it's not really considered stealing. That can't be because we know that Noach was pushed into the ark at the end. He really hoped that everyone will do tshuva and he didn't really believe the flood was going to come. So how could he even have such a ahava amina, a thought, that he can take everyone else's stuff. He knows Gezel is a horrible thing. That we know that one of the main reasons the flood came about is because they were stealing from each other. Ela Reb Chaim Shmulevit says a modika idea that's hidden here that we talked about numerous times and we're going to see how it's brought out from this world lecha. From this word lecha. But before we do so, there's a famous Gemara, the Gemara in Shabbos, the Aflamid Aleph. There was a Goy that wanted to convert, he wanted to be Misgail. So he came in front of Shammai, this is in Daflamid Aleph, Amud Aleph. He came in front of Shammai and he says, Please, I'm willing, I want to be, become a Yid, but, but I want you to teach me all the Torah on one foot. The Marsha explains, What does it mean on one foot? Give me one mitzvah through which I will be able to learn everything. And Shammai told him, <laughs> there's no such a thing. Go, go away. Then he came again to Hillel and Hillel said, which is basically the idea of which is the mitzvah of loving a fellow Jew such as yourself. The way it came about, he said, whatever you don't like to do to yourself, make sure you don't do it to your fellow Jew. The background over here of what really the guy was asking based on Reb Chaim Shmulevitz is we know 
that even though there's only 613 mitzvahs, not only, but there's 613 mitzvahs, but really each one is a root and connected to all the other mitzvahs. Where do we see this idea? For those of you that put on, the men amongst you that put talis and tefillin on, we know that it says, Yiratzoin, we have a Yiratzoin in the tefillah, and over there, if you look at the words you're saying, it's you say Yiratzoin, that this mitzvah that I'm doing right now will be nechshav, as if I as if I was mekayim et, and all the 613 mitzvahs that are connected to it, i.e., really, on a certain level, each mitzvah, is a root and connected to all the other mitzvahs. They're all connected. And hence, this is similar to the Gemara and Makos. The Gemara and Makos said that all kinds of people came and summarized all the mitzvahs, one mitzvah, that it got to He said all the mitzvahs are really stemming out from the mitzvah of Emunah Ba'ashem. So, so too, when this guy came to Hillel, he said, tell me a mitzvah that's fitting for me, that through this mitzvah, I will be able to understand all the Torah. And he said, start off with the mitzvah, kamocha, which really means loving your fellow Jew. But it's very important to emphasize the point over here, that it's not only the fellow Jew, but within this mitzvah, there's also the connection, and there's also hints to all the mitzvahs between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ad Rashi even says this in the parsha Vaika Yutes Yutches on the Pasuk Vavta Recha Kamocha Rashi says over there that Re'echa is also hinting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because there are other psukim such as in Mishlei that you see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is referenced as the word Re'echa so you see there also Avas Hashem is hidden in here that's what we saw over there what does this have to do with us and how is it going to answer our original question? Why HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to ensure to tell Noach, take the food, it has to be your own food, not anyone else's. So pause that and we'll get it. But continuing on understanding this idea of loving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which we're commanded to and also loving all of Klali soil, there's a famous mechilta on the pasuk people that love and want to keep my mitzvahs and the Ramban brings it in Parsha Shmois and it says over there who are these people? These are the people and how appropriate is this for the day we, days we are living in right now. These are the people that are self-sacrificing themselves to live in Eretz soil and doing the mitzvahs despite the fact that they're risking their lives. Over there it's more referring to probably that there was gzeros and one was not allowed to do mitzvahs and they were still performing mitzvahs. And it says such as brismila and even though they were being risked, they risked themselves to, to get killed, they still do it. And in a way, in a certain way, that's what's happening today. But we continue going and it says, and this is what I want to emphasize, the end of this, Mechilta, it says, Hamakot halalu garmuli which literally means these hits that we were taking despite the fact that we decided to still perform the mitzvahs, they are the ones that caused me to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our father, Pashamayim. Now, at first glance, you would have thought, not really, it's a fuch, it's the opposite. The fact that people were able to push themselves so extreme and do a mitzvah despite the fact they're risking their lives, that is the biggest gilui that reveals what ahava they have of Hashem, how much love they have of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But really, the words are not saying that. That's for sure true. But the words over here are telling us a huge chiddish that we saw in several places, and that is that the actual maaseh that you're doing, which is so extreme, that in itself is going to cause you to upgrade your the extremity 
the extreme of your kesher with Hashem, your love for Hashem. Because you did that, not that it's only revealing where you're holding, but that in itself, when you're doing an action for someone else, to get closer to him, to help him out, whatever it is, and we're talking about now, that in itself makes the relationship and your kesher and your love to Hashem even on a higher level. We know this, we spoke about this, the concept that Rab Dessler brings down, Ahava, comes from the word Hav, Hav is to give. And the more you give to someone, the more you get closer to him. And even if he doesn't know you're giving him. We see this also in Masechet Erech Eretz, Zuta, Perek Beis, and it says over there, if you really want to get closer to your friend and to love him more, the way to do it is to always give him. Give him something. So if you want to meet the requirement that Hashem is mitzavayas ve'avta l'recha kamocha, you should, you should do things for your fellow Jew. And that can include give him something from your money or daven, anything. Say a nice word, smile at him. Because by doing that, believe it or not, the spiritual DNA of the world that Hashem created the world with that will have the direct impact on you loving him more. How much do we know this from experiences of life with people we've done things for, especially with our children, especially when someone has a child that needs even more help than the other children, such as a special needs child, that creates a very unique and special Kesher with the kid. The world thinks it's the opposite. The more you get from someone, the more you love him. But the MS is, the way Hashem who created the world is telling us, the way it works is the opposite. True love, or at least extreme love, comes from the fact that you're doing something for the other and not what is it, what, what is it in, in it for me, but rather, what am I doing for the other person? The more you do, the more you get close to that person. I have my own personal idea, my two cents of why this is true and perhaps the lambdas is because the more you invest in someone else, the more you see yourself in that person. And hence, everyone, every normal person loves himself. So when you see yourself in the other person, then it binds you and creates you as one because you see him, you see yourself in that person. Perhaps this is also the pshat of what Chazal tell us in Yalkut Shimoni in Rus. It says when a balabais, a person does huge chesed with a poor person, it says, you should know. The poor person is doing way more for the balabais that brought him in and gave him food as opposed to what the balabais did for the poor person. The poor person is doing for him more. You would have thought, yeah, because he's getting an oil But Rabchaim Shmulevitz wants to say because by the Ani accepting tzedakah from you and food from you and the hospitality, hospitality you're giving him, then you're getting a better heart by that because now you're loving another Yid more. And perhaps this is also pshat in Pirkei Avos. It says like this, It's the best to be from the Talmidim of Aaron because he was Oeb Shalom, he loved Shalom. And then it says, Shalom, it chased after Shalom. Then it says, He loves all the other people, the Yidins, and And he gets to the level that he also takes other people, invests time in them to make them closer to Torah. So he says, well, what are these different terminologies and how does it work? So he says, first, the starting point was that he, he loved Shalom. He wanted to make everyone at peace and together. By doing that, by getting to that point on his own and doing actions that show, that emanate this idea of Oev Shalom, loving peace and getting people to be together, as we know, that was what Aaron was at 
was the best at. Bishut that action, in merit to that action, we said the spiritual DNA of the world has a ripple effect that now he upgraded to be on the level of Raid of Shalom. Now he's not just doing it, he's running and chasing after every opportunity because he loved the Bris so much that he had a fire within him that he ran to do. He was chasing after every opportunity. And once he got to that level, it just keeps growing exponentially. Then he had more and more of love towards others, which he already got to the next level, which is called Oheves Abrius. He loves everyone. And that's a new level, which even brought to the to a further point that he wants to even upgrade that and get them close to Torah. Because we know that Torah is what gives a person chayus. Life is Torah. It's chayni. It's all about Torah. We also know the famous saying, The more a person does of a certain thing, whatever that is, his heart chases after that. It becomes one within him. So the more chesed you do, the more you become chesed oriented. That is the spiritual DNA of the world that Hashem created. The Chinuch says this, and we mentioned it before. He repeats over and over again this idea and many mitzvahs. Oh, what's the deep idea and reasoning and rationale behind this mitzvah? And he keeps saying, I think it's in the mitzvah of one should, is not allowed to break a bone when he eats the Koban Pesach. And he says, you know why? I'll tell you why. Because we have to be like Melachim. On the night of Leila Seder, we're like kings. Hashem made us free. We're not li- like kings now. And we have to remember that night that Hashem took Sarah Mitzrayim. And then he says, Im bni, My child, if you're going to ask me, okay, we already know that. We have so many mitzvahs to commemorate that. We need another mitzvah not to break a bone. And he says, yes, because the more mitzvahs you do, the more actions you do to commemorate that, the more you're going to run after that. Now bring it home, back to our question that we started off today. And that is, why was it so imperative, based on the Kliyakar's diuk, that Noyach had to take from his own food and he couldn't take anyone else's food? The Kliyakar wanted to answer because we wanted to, Hashem wanted to make it evident that it's a huge miracle, that a little amount of food lasted for everyone. But Chaim Shemolevit says, I'll tell you why. Noyach is about to go into a huge mission, a mission that's going to be a whole year in the ark with all these animals and he has to continue feeding them. That is an extreme level of chesed to the extent that we know only two people in Tanakh were referenced as a tzaddik. One was Noyach and the other one was Yosef. And both of them really, they were the only reason that the world continued to exist. During Noach's time, that's obvious. Everyone was wiped out aside from the people in the ark and he had to give everyone food. Yosef also, there was a famine in the whole world aside from the food that was stored by Yosef in Mitzrayim. And he was the one that was in charge giving everyone food. So you see, there's some tight correlation between a tzaddik and a person doing chesed. And over here, Noyach, to be able to do, perform this extreme task, he had to do some mycing before in order to reach that level because that would affect him to become on a higher level of doing chesed. And hence, HaKadosh Buhu Hu said, I, have to, I need that you feel you did, you did a self-sacrifice. So it has to be your food. You can't just get easy food from other people. You have to take your own food. And only through that, you can get to a higher level. Harida Midrash in Tanchuma says that 12 months, Noyach didn't even sleep, not him or his kids. The whole time they, were had, they had to feed the animals around the clock. And when... And hence, through this self-sacrifice act of taking everything he had, all his food, and dedicating it totally for the animals, that in itself upgraded his love for the animals, and he'll be able to perform his important 
life-saving mission of feeding everyone in the ark. I want to add my two cents over here, and that is, we all know the famous question that they ask, why did Hashem want Noah to build the ark? Couldn't he get someone else to build it and it took him so long? So the famous answer that Ashi brings down is because HaKadosh Buhu want the people around Noah to have a chance to lachzor b'tshuva. They'll ask him, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And he'll explain to them, there's going to be, if we don't get our act together, there's going to be a mabul and, and, and everyone's going to die, etc, etc. But based on what we're saying, perhaps you can say there's another other idea behind it. Noyach had to do this because this act, this action of continuing so for such a long time to build the ark, that in itself will change his spiritual DNA to be one of loving the others and giving more and he'll be able to meet the life. That I would just like to add a little bit more about this idea of Avtalaycha Kamocha that we see based on what Hillel said, there's something unique about this mitzvah that at least for, you can get to all the other mitzvahs. I want to add to this that we know that Chazal tell us also that it's through this idea of everyone being together and loving each other that they were zoichet to get the Torah. Before that, before that point, they weren't ready to get to receive the Torah. As we know, it says, Vayachan sham Yisrael neged And Rashi over there says, they dwelled next to the to the to Har Sinai, but it says it in singular form, Vayichan Sham, as if they're one person. Rashi says, Ke'ish Echad Echad, they were all like one person with one heart. And Maseches Derech Eretz, it says, Vayichan Sham Yisrael Amar Kodesh Buchu, because Bnei Yisrael stopped arguing, stopped fighting, and loved the Shalom, and they were together, it's now fitting that I give them the Torah. And if you look at this foreigner over there, he explains that they reached this level because everyone took care of the needs of the other. And by doing that, they became closer, they became like one. You see the Koach of Achtus. The Koach of Achtus and do, and the way you get there is by doing for someone else. The Koach of Achtus was so vite, was so strong that it got to the level of allowing us and being ready as a Kli Kibul to get the Torah, which is what life is all about. It tells us how to live life to get Olam Abba. That's the blueprint of Ba'akadosh Buhu who created the world. And that's huge. Now I want to add one more thing before we connect it to the days we are living in right now. And that is, we know that Torah Mabo was totally wiped out. But they didn't do anything really rebelling against HaKadosh Buhu. Whereas Dor HaFlaga, also in this week's Parsha, they tried to build a building to get to HaKadosh Buhu and rebel with HaKadosh Buhu. They weren't even wiped out. They were spread all over the world, but they weren't wiped out. So Rashi asked the obvious question and he answers, you know why they weren't wiped out? They had something that protected them. They had unity. And it's true that unity obviously wasn't Hashem centric, but it still helped them not to get wiped out. So you see the importance of unity, and I want to add to that, perhaps the koch of unity is, yes, it's in the spiritual DNA. HaKadosh Baruch created it and it protected them from the more severe punishment. But the true koyach of Shalom, as the last Mishnah in Shas in Uktsin says, that the only bracha, the only kli, the vessel, to hold the bracha of HaKadosh Baruch is a Shalom. To reach that level of achdus and peace, that has to be a peace where it's Hashem-centric. And that's the same idea of living in Eretz Yisrael, to do the mitzvahs, that's the highest level. And I want to say the Baruch Hashem, I don't, I don't even remember a time where there was so much achdus in Am Yisrael. Unfortunately, I had to get to this point, but now we see it, but you have to see the light in each situation we are faced, and you see the amount that people are doing. Surely, b'schut hazot, that we have achdus, Hashem-centric achdus, will merit to that HaKadosh Buhu will help the soldiers that are fighting and risking their life be able to continue living in Eretz Yisrael and doing Ratzon Hashem, Torah and Mitzvahs, which is what life is all about. Have a good chance. 
This concludes another episode of the Prism of Terror. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and give a five-star rating. You can also find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or our own website, prismofterror.com, where we have a full archive of all our past episodes. We would like to thank Yona Veffa for the recording equipment and Ellie Podcast Productions for handling all our post-podcast productions. Join us next week for another enlightening conversation on the Prism of Terror.